Can we get a big round of applause for Jason? That was fantastic, Jason. Thank you so much. I was like, I was seated there. I was like, oh, my emotions are going all over the place. How am I going to stand up here in front of you all? But Jason, that was awesome. Please, uh, he has a table out in the lobby. Uh, check out some of his stuff uh, that he's doing. We're thankful that he's part of the Alliance family and all that he does to contribute uh, in presentations like this so that we can get a, a better understanding of some of these stories that Jesus uh, has told. And uh, so make sure you check them out afterwards. Uh, we are starting our fundraiser as well. It started last week at our U-Huddle, and it's going to continue on. So please make sure you uh, check that out. The, the prodigal Christmas is based on this word, the prodigal. One who spends or gives lavishly, recklessly, extravagantly, and even foolishly. And... The word prodigal often gets the negative connotation of because of the story of the prodigal son. But when you look at this story, there is so much more to it as, as Jason has aptly presented to us. And you see the heart of God. As this word prodigal is, is this lavish, reckless, extravagant spending. Can you see how the father in this story is prodigal? Can you see how the older brother is unprodigal, stingy? Can you see the bigger picture of God being prodigal to us? So my question to you is, where are you? Right? Are you the, the prodigal son? Or are you the older brother? Or are you the father? Now, pause for a second. The first reaction you had, okay, that said, oh, Daniel, I'm this. Okay, that's good. Take time to think about it. But can I ask for you to think if you are one of the other two? Can I ask for you to think and reflect and say, oh, am I maybe somebody that I didn't think I was? Now, when you look at the two sons, the two brothers, both of them were lost. A and in these weeks, next week, we're going to be looking at the story of the prodigal son through the eyes of the prodigal son. The week after, we're going to be looking at the story, sorry, next week we're looking at it through the eyes of the unprodigal son, or the older brother. The week after, we're going to be looking at it through the eyes of the prodigal son. And then on December 19th, the third week, we're going to be looking at it through the eyes of the prodigal father. And then on Christmas Eve, we're going to give a presentation, a drama, a modern-day retelling of the prodigal son story. We're going to experience an invitation from the prodigal God. And if you understand here, if you, if you see both of these brothers, they were lost. Both of them needed the love of their father. Both of them needed to experience something that they didn't. And when you look at the father, you can see what in Hebrew is called the, the hesed love of God. When you see the Father, you see this hesed love. It's a, it's a beautiful Hebrew word that encompasses love and kindness and uh, just uh, the, the belovedness of God being close to the Lord. His mercies and his goodness all encompassed in this wonderful word of, of hesed. An extraordinary amount of love 
kindness, generosity, favor, and care that the father had for, for both of these two sons. And so if you look at the story of the prodigal son, just in a very big picture, large overview, can I share three lessons with you? Number one, from the eyes of the prodigal son, it doesn't matter how much you've messed up. It doesn't matter what you have done. The father still wants you to come home. It doesn't matter what mess you've gotten into. It doesn't matter what sin you've committed. It doesn't matter what state you've been. It doesn't matter how long you've been gone. It doesn't matter where you've been. The Father still wants you to come home. And at the end of the service today, our prayer team will be here. And if you want to pray with somebody and say, I need to come home, we would love to be able to pray with you. Because he invites us. He calls us. To come home. The, the unprodigal son, I like to call him the unprodigal son because you see him a little bit stingy or, or hard. The lesson here, you can't earn favor from the father because it's freely given. And there's so many times people that have maybe even been a Christian for many years or been in church for many years, we actually seek by our good works, by our moral rectitude, by the things that we do or say, we feel like we have earned a place in the Father's house. We feel like we have done certain amount of good things, so therefore, because of these good things, I'm entitled to so much. And that's the lostness of the older brother. It's the lostness of the unprodigal son. It's the, 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 the hole that we can fall into at times as well. Timothy Keller in his book, The Prodigal God, uh, there's a link in our, on our website with some resources for the series, and one of the resources is this book. And he, he tells a story that's a, it's a apocryphal, apocryphal story, not found in the Bible, but it illustrates a good point. Jesus and, and Peter and the disciples, they were on their way to a certain place, and Jesus told the disciples, can you carry a stone for me? And so Peter, being Peter, what does Peter do? He looks around, he finds the smallest stone he can find, puts it in his pocket, and goes. Lunchtime comes around, Jesus tells the disciples, okay, take your stone out and put it in front of you. He takes the stone out, puts it in front of you. With one wave of Jesus' hand, it becomes a beautiful lunch. Unfortunately for Peter, his lunch is very, very small. And so after lunch, Jesus tells the disciples, can you carry a stone for me? Now Peter's gotten the gist of this, right? So he looks around, he finds the biggest stone that he can find, and he puts it on his shoulder, and he's carrying it, and it's heavy, and it's hard for him, and it's difficult, and he's carrying it to the next place. And finally, and, but he's thinking as he's carrying it, man, I'm going to have a good dinner tonight. And he gets to the, to, to the place, and, and Jesus says, they come to a river, and Jesus says, Toss your stone in the river. And Peter's perplexed, but he tosses the stone in the river, and he's like, what happened to dinner? And Jesus looks back at Peter and says, who did I tell you that you were carrying the stone for? And this is the crux of the matter and the problem for us is that a lot of times we do these works not for Jesus, not for our Savior, not for the Father, we do it for ourselves. And sadly, sometimes even the good works that we do can be tainted and marred with bad intentions and motives. And that's what we see in the unprodigal son. 
or the older brother? Where are we in that journey? And then you see the prodigal father, and the beautiful story of this prodigal father is that his radical love is the clearest picture of the character of God and the beauty of the gospel. This story portrays the gospel and the love of Jesus and the love of the Father like no other. You see the power and beauty of the gospel. And my hope and my prayer as we go journey through this series during this Christmas time is that you will experience the gospel and the love of Jesus like never before. That whether you are the prodigal son or the unprodigal son, that you will experience the love of the Father. And you know, Peter, he was all three of these. If you look at the life of Peter, Peter was the older brother, right? There was a time uh, in, in Peter's life where he felt that he was entitled to certain things. Jesus was talking about eternity, and what did Peter come? Peter came up to Jesus and said, Lord, we've sold everything and followed you. What do we get? Do you remember that? He thought that he was entitled to something. Later on in the book of Acts, we see Peter as well. He had to be rebuked by Paul because Peter was living hypocritically, eating sometimes with the Jews, other times not eating with the Jews and eating with Gentiles. He just wanted to fit in with everyone. He was the older brother. Peter was also the younger brother. We see at times when, when Jesus first met Peter and he was living a rebellious life, Jesus came and did a miracle for Peter. And what did Peter tell Jesus? Jesus, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Do you know who I am? But Jesus still called Peter. And when, when Jesus, on the day of his, of his death, Peter betrayed Jesus. Three times he denied him. And then afterwards, he went back to his old life and went back fishing. Peter was the younger son. But Peter grew into becoming the father. And that's what God calls us to do as well. We grow into reflect, display this amazing love of the father. Look at what Peter says in his epistles. Peter now, the elder statesman, the, the elder of the church, the, the, the older man now, the one who's gone through trials and difficulties and, and hardships. What does he say here? First Peter chapter 3, Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. See, Peter's grown now into the love of God. Peter has grown now to display and reflect the amazing love of God. In that same letter in chapter 4, he says, most important of all, Peter's writing all of these things to these churches. This was an epistle that would have been read in a number of different churches, was sent out to all sorts of people. And he's writing all these different things, and at the end, the conclusion of the matter, the final thing, he says, most important of all, if you forget everything else that I've told you, if, you, if you've forgotten everything else that I've written to you, most important of all, if you walk out of this building today and you've forgotten everything that's happened, leave with this thought to continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers the multitude of sins. Oh, the Father's love covered the sins of the prodigal son. Oh, but the Father's love covered the sins of the unprodigal older brother. Both were lost. Both needed to experience the love of the Father. But can I leave you with this challenge? 
in this story of the prodigal son, the unprodigal older brother, the prodigal father, in this story, which is probably not, it's, it shouldn't really be titled the story of the prodigal son because it's not really the main character. It shouldn't even be called the story of the two lost sons because they're not really the main character. Somehow I think it should be called something about the father because it's the experience of that loving heavenly father. But the mistake of the older brother, and it can be our mistake as well, and we can, especially if we're in church for many years, if, if we're walking with Jesus for some years, this can be our mistake as well is that we see our younger brother going away. We see our younger brother walking away. We see the lost here and the lost there. And we don't do our duty as an older brother. When Cain asked God, am I my brother's keeper? It was rhetorical. He knew that he should be his brother's keeper. I think the, the person that's missing in the story, which when Jesus tells the story, he leaves out one person, which is so amazing. Because he leaves out himself. He is the true older brother. He paid the price so that we can come in. He died so that we can have life. He poured out his love on Calvary, this is what Christmas is all about. That Jesus left his glory, came down to this world, died for you and for me so that we might experience this amazing, extravagant, lavish, unconditional love of God. He wants us to follow in the footsteps of that older brother. Worship team, let's come. He wants us to see the true older brother. And he wants us to follow in that example. He invites us and says, come. Just as the father was waiting with open arms for his son, the father is waiting for people all over the world. In this Christmas season, the father is waiting with open arms to welcome his children can we be the older brothers to go out, the true older brothers, to go out and sacrifice and live for the glory of God? The problem with both of these two brothers is that they were selfish, proudful, and self-centered. And they only cared about their own selves, both of them. But the true elder brother lived sacrificially. And he calls us to follow in his footsteps so that we can bring so many more into the house of the Lord. Let's sing to the Lord.